Scripture says that God our Savior desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. But what is the truth? And how do we gain that knowledge? The answer to these questions and more in today's edition of Faith with Father. Living Bread Radio presents Faith with Father, a program aimed at teaching today's culture the truth about the Catholic faith. And now here's your host, Tim Perry. Hello, and welcome to this edition of Faith with Father. I'm your host, Tim Perry, and with me today in studio is Father Greg Maturi, currently the pastor at St. Dominic's in Youngstown. Welcome, Father. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's great to have you again. We're going to continue our discussion from the UCAT, the Youth Catechism of the Catholic Church, about what we believe as Catholics, and we've been talking about sin. So today we're going to talk about how do we overcome sin, and one of those uh, is virtue. So uh, question 299 asks, what is meant by virtue? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question. It's, the vir- virtues are very important, especially St. Thomas Aquinas saw the moral life in terms of virtue. In other words, the moral life is not about following a bunch of rules and regulations and then incurring certain penalties when you did something wrong. That's not what the Christian life is about. The Christian life is about interior transformation. And that's why St. Thomas Aquinas and other great saints talked about the moral life in terms of the virtues. The word virtue means strength, interior strength. And it what what the virtues are, are interior disposition, d- d- habits, good habits, that incline us to do good co-naturally, spontaneously, with facility and ease, so that we seek what is good without a lot of resistance from ourselves. Um, And so it's important that we develop the virtuous life. I like to think of, say, the virtue... You know, a good analogy is the virtuoso pianist. Uh, The virtuoso pianist... When a person is learning the piano, they they have difficulty. They hit the wrong notes. They have to strain to hit the right note. But eventually, through practice and um, through encouragement... Um, through help, they um, are able to become eventually virtuoso pianists, whereby they're able to hit the right note with facility and ease, almost as second nature, without even almost without even thinking about it. And the vir- the virtuoso pianist, just as the virtuoso pianist has a harder time hitting the wrong note than the right note, so the virtuous person has a more difficult time doing what's evil rather than doing what's good. And that that's what we're, the life of virtue is meant to help us to do, to do good uh, with facility and ease. St. John of the Cross says, in the end, we'll be judged by love. So living a virtuous life is more focusing on loving God and loving others as opposed to following a set of rules. Yeah, exactly. And, and ultimately, love, of course, St. Thomas Aquinas talked about love as the form of all the virtues. In other words, as you rightly pointed out, that all the virtues have as their ultimate goal union with God, which comes through love, because God is love. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Question 300 asks, why do we have to work to form our character? Yeah, because uh, that's a good question. Uh, If God loves us so much and if he gives us grace, how come the Christian life sometimes seems so difficult. Well, that's, that's part of freedom. 
Part of freedom is that through our actions, we form our character. And uh, what makes uh, doing the right thing difficult is that we've made bad decisions in the past. We've, we've uh, committed vices. That is, through sin, we have developed habit patterns of sin. That is, our, we have deformed our character such that we are inclined to do what is evil rather than to do what is good. And so developing the life of virtue means reforming, transforming our character. And that's always difficult. It means overcoming those habit patterns, replacing those habit patterns of sin with good habits, uh, the life, the virtue. And, you know, with regards to the virtue, we think of the four cardinal virtues. We think of prudence, justice, temperance, and fortitude. These are the four main virtues that allow us to live, to do good with facility and ease, as if by second nature, um, so, th- so that we prefer doing good rather than evil. You know, the life of virtue allows a person to get to a point where they actually find doing evil repugnant. And that's the life of virtue, finding evil repugnant and have, being able to do good with facility and ease. So God made us in his own likeness and image, but yet he gave us free will, which gives us that opportunity to make bad choices as opposed to good choices. And again, what I'm hearing you say, living the virtuous life allows us to get into the habit of making good choices, of choosing love, of choosing God, to the point where it's difficult to sin or to do evil, or when we do, it's harder to do than it is to do the right thing which is to respond with love. And that, exactly. And then and then we are truly free. Freedom some people mis- our culture misunderstands the notion of true freedom. True freedom is not the ability to do good or evil. True freedom is the the ability to do good with facility and ease. Because only doing good will lead to human happiness. Only seeking the good, only attaining the good, will lead us to heaven, will lead to human fulfillment, human flourishing. Choosing evil only deforms us, only hurts us. Um, and it not only hurts us, it hurts others too, insofar as uh, we, uh, we are members of a community. And so there's, you know, there's no, thi- no such thing as a, pers- a strictly personal sin insofar as all sin has ramifications for the entire community, since we are part of a community. Um, and, uh, but it, likewise, the life of virtue not only helps us, not only helps us to be happy, not as only helps us to attain the goodness, but it helps the whole community to attain to human happiness and ultimately to the, to the highest good, which is the life of the, of the blessed in heaven. One of the virtues you mentioned was prudence. What is prudence, and how does a person become prudent? Yeah, that's, so prudence is the highest of the, of, the virtue, of the natural virtues. And what prudence is, prudence is the ability to know what is right to do, what is the good to pursue in any given situation, 
and do it. So prudence is about knowing the right thing to do in any situation and doing it. Uh, so it's not simply about knowing the right thing to do. It's actually the ability to do it also. Uh, and so that means, so prudence includes knowing fundamental moral principles and being able to apply them in particular situations. And because the human person may encounter a, a plethora, an infinite number of different situations, we can see how rules and regulations are not going to help us as much as the virtue of prudence. Uh, because you can't make up a rule or regulation for every single possible situation you're going to be in. And that's why St. Thomas Aquinas talked about the moral life in terms of the virtues and encouraged, first of all, as the, as the queen of all virtues, uh, the mo- of the natural virtues, the virtue of prudence. So if I want to become prudent, what is it that I need to do so that I can know the right thing to do and then actually follow through and actually do the right thing? That's an excellent question, and that's the next logical question. So prudence, we t- St. Thomas Aquinas talked about prudence as an intellectual virtue. It's actually, uh, it's actually a nexus between the intellect and the will. And what he means when he calls prudence an intellectual virtue is it means it shapes the mind in such a way as to know fundamental principles uh, and to know and to, the ability to use reason to know how to apply those principles in particular situations. So in order to develop prudence, we need to consult uh, wise people. We need to read, especially the catechism and the Bible. We need to study. Um, We need to think and reflect. We need to spend time in contemplation and, and really strive to seek the truth. Um, honestly and authentically, rather than simply live, listen uncritically to the tripe that is given to us in our culture, we need to be cr- uh, critical and careful about what we listen to, what we read, and think it through clearly. This is all part of developing prudence. And then when we find ourselves in a situation uh, where we have to act to find out what the right thing to do is and do it. Through repeated good action, the virtues grow and develop. Question 302 asks, how does one ask ju- act justly? Yeah, so now we go on to the next of the four cardinal virtues. So the first cardinal virtue, the queen of all the virtues, prudence, which is an intellectual virtue, is the ability to know what to do, the right thing to do in any situation, and do it. But prudence requires the other three cardinal virtues in order to work. It requires justice, temperance, and fortitude. Justice is the virtue that inclines us to do the good. It inclines our will. Justice is a virtue of the will, whereby we are more inclined to do what is good than to do what is evil. That is, justice inclines our will to always wanting to do what is right. So that when prudence, when the virtue of prudence tells tells us what is right and commands us to do what is right, our wills are supple, pliable, and cooperative to do what is right. So that we do what is good, we do what is right, not only after sufficient reflection, but with full consent of the will. 
The Catechism adds that the guiding principle of justice is to each his due, to God and to neighbor. We go on to 303. What does it mean to have fortitude? Right, exactly. So now the the third of the cardinal virtues after prudence and justice is fortitude. That is, there are situations where we have to um, be willing to fight for what is right. And there are situations where we have to know when not to fight. Uh, so when prudence tells us that we have to fight for the right in this situation, fortitude strengthens our passions, our emotions, our feelings, so that they will respond to uh, the uh, commands of prudence. And then, of course, temperance, the, the fourth of the virtue, that shapes, uh, the virtue of temperance shapes our passions, emotions, and feelings also, so that we will always act in moderation. Temperance is really about moderation, so that when, when prudence commands us to do something, to do the right in a particular situation, um, we are not weighed down uh, by uh, such immoderation that we can't respond to prudence's commands. Okay, well said. Well, you've been listening to Father Greg Maturi as we talk about the four cardinal virtues. This has been Tim Perry for Faith with Father. Until next time, may God bless you. Bye now. This has been Faith with Father, a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. For an audio archive of this program, log on to livingbreadradio.com and click on Faith with Father. If you have a question or comment about today's program, email us at askfather at livingbreadradio.com. And join us again next time for another edition of Faith with Father.